0: You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBoss with Bobby Chulo.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Bobby Chulo. Don't forget, you can check us out every Tuesday from 7 p.m. till about 8.30 or so. We usually go a little bit uh, under that. But last week, as everybody knows, it just completely cut off at 8 o'clock. I was like... We're talking Gustavo Lopez was talking about the UFC, bam, and everything just kind of shut off. So hopefully that won't happen today. And we're checking out, and it was actually something that was going on with Blog Talk. So hopefully we'll be okay today. Huge show today, and as you know, we've been uh, trying different co-hosts on. So when we were, when I was talking to Kevin, I said, "Hey, I have I think somebody that would be really good for it." And on the line with us right now, she's gonna be able to hang with us for most of the show. Candy Girl herself, Candy Girl. How are you, my friend? Real quick before we get going. How are things going right now? I mean, this quarantine's got to be – I'm I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was talking today uh, to my daughter when we were driving home, and I was like, man, you know, now – like before, it was no big deal. I was training, uh, trying to get myself in shape, getting ready for, for wrestling to come back and all that. But then it's been so long, I was like, you know, today it kind of hit me that – You know, like I can't even look forward to going to go see a show, let let alone go do a show or whatever. So how about yourself right now? Because the last time I saw you was at Compton Mania, which was, I think, like at the beginning of March or whatever. So it's been quite some time. What have you been doing since this whole quarantine? And do you miss it or how much do you miss it?
2: You know, I actually took a couple months off around the holidays just to kind of recharge. You know, wrestling is such a year-round sport. It's not like basketball or football where you have a season. It's just all year long. You just got to be ready to go. You never know you're going to get a call. So I took a couple months off during the holidays, and I came back in March after a few months. So I was ready to go. I had got my rest. I felt rejuvenated. And then that's when the whole pandemic and quarantine happened just right after Compton Mania. So I was really bummed out about it. Um, I miss wrestling just like anybody else, thinking that this is just going to be a month and then two months and then three. And now who knows where we're going to be after July 4th. So I'm just bracing myself, no expectations, just got to roll with the punches.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what a lot of people are trying to do. But um, real quick, too, I want to talk a little bit about training and and uh, coming up as a female in the world of pro wrestling. But before we get to that, don't forget for the people listening to us, don't forget you can always check out Lucha Central. That's where Kevin puts everything up after my show's over and everything. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we got Superboy coming up at about the 7.15 mark. going to talk a little olden days, little Michinoku Pro. And I want to talk to him a lot about Christopher Daniels because uh, he was doing the Curryman gimmick back then, and it was really, really super hot. Not, No pun intended, but it was super hot. And then <laughs> at about the 7.45 mark, we're going to have Ricky Mandel. He was Ricky Mundo for a little while at Lucha Underground. And he's, I think he's since moved to Vegas. I saw him on the show where he wrestled Ziggy Dice and actually, um, 1000% knockout. Nicolette did the turn and ended up going with him. So we'll talk about that in a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about that. Compton, cause I'm going to be honest with you. I've worked for Sean black before at amped up when he does it for the kids over there in Inglewood. So, uh, my daughter was booked on the show, and I wasn't booked, and I was like, well, I'm going to go check it out because I hear a lot about it. And they were saying, well, it, it's in a, it's, it's a backyard or whatever. So right away when people say it's in a backyard, people start thinking, oh, it's, you know, hardcore, and it's going to be whack or whatever. But when we mm-hmm. got there, it's not actually in a backyard. It's kind of like a side yard, for, for lack of a better term. So we get there. And it's a huge, like a like a garage that almost looked like a barn, and it was humongous. I yeah. mean, there was more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was more room to get dressed there than there was at at, at least ninety percent of the shows that that I work. So when we went, we're back there. So and and Candy Girl herself. This is one thing with me because I've done many shows and put on many shows. She was there early. Uh, I would say on time, but she was actually a little bit early, which was good because as a promoter, I like when they're there early so we can talk about things and, you know, they're ready to go in case we have to make some changes or whatever. You're like one of the first people there. So that yeah. was pretty cool. For the people listening to us on WrestleBus with Fabi Chulo, talk a little bit about that uh, show because when I actually went out to see uh, Nicolette Wrestle, the place, I'm going to say it was packed. It was probably maybe, I would say maybe 30 to 35 people paid But the crowd was hot. The ring was huge. I mean, Martin brought the big ring that actually fit in the side yard or whatever. And for a smaller show, I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, I have to admit... You know that it was that it was a lot different than what I'm used to. So you wrestled Anti Heidi on that show. So real quick for the people listening to us, talk a little bit about that. First of all, about you know, are you used to something like that, where it's a kind of a side yard, where there was a few people, but the crowd was pretty hot. And then second of all, wrestling Anti Heidi and kind of explain a little bit for the people, uh, Anti Heidi herself.
2: Yeah. So first, I'll start by saying the hood has a lot of hidden gems. That's for sure. I think when people think of Compton, they think of, uh, you know, what's on TV. And then you go there and there's like a horse farm and all this land. And definitely, like you said, a bigger locker room than I am used to having. So uh, Compton Mania, Sean Black, um, who is a SoCal wrestler, um, he's the promoter, the booker, who's also doing that, also does AMSEP, has reached out to me a couple years ago wanting to do an, an initiative in the... You know, in the Inglewood area and in the hood, just because there isn't a lot of representation there, and there's a lot of fans. There's just people that are ready to jump on something that's going to make them feel good, that's going to entertain them, that's going to take their mind off things, just like, you know, what we look for in entertainment. So that was actually my first Compton Mania. It was the first women's match in Compton history, so I am looking forward to many, many more. Um, It's a great show. Uh, Auntie Heidi is someone that you look at her and she is the opposite of me. I mean, I'm in sparkly pants. I'm five (laughs) five foot tall. I'm, you know, not even 5'1", 5'0". You know, she's taller, she's bigger, she's stronger. So I think that for a lot of folks who maybe were just curious to what was, you know, what show was happening in the air, maybe they weren't fans, you know, right away, they can see the image of me and her and it can re- it can register what's going to happen right you know right. and I got a big obstacle in front of me that I got a lot that I got to do and I think that that's something that anyone can understand of any age so that's what we're hoping to do not just get people that are fans but get more fans um behind what we're trying to do
1: yeah but you know I gotta I gotta tell you that crowd was super hot and it turned out to be uh for lack of a better term Super, super entertaining I mean, it was just a really good time That was that was had by all I, I had a lot of fun there And I wasn't even booked I had a big show at Lucha Libre Alliance the next day And I'm old I said, man, if I, I cannot do two shows <laughs> back-to-back anymore I, Before, you know, back in the day Used to be able to do, you know, Friday, Saturday And sometimes twice on Sunday But now, man, if I sure, have yeah. a show coming up Yeah, I, and I told Sean I said, dude, I'd love to work But man, I, you know, I can only do one show on the weekend So that being said I've worked for Sean also at Amped up at the um at the facility that he works at and that you know the first time I was there it was so nice too because you kind of get dressed in the pool area which is cool just to be covered and it has a jacuzzi and it was funny because the first time we went there Nicolette and I and they were like wow there's actually a bathroom and a shower at, the, at this place or whatever. And I know, the, we're so
2: spoiled. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean, those for the people who don't understand independent wrestling or whatever, little things like that are, are kind of huge. I mean, it's just cool to be able to, if you want to get in the jacuzzi afterwards or whatever, just kind of relax, or even just to be able to change in the stall if you want to, or whatever, it, it kind of makes a huge difference. So I thought it, it was makes pretty a cool. a no, different,
2: yeah. yeah. Especially
1: when the promoter takes care of you because they also bought uh, like pizza and they had chicken and you could see everybody when they brought their like, oh, that's for us. And they're like, yeah, man, we got we took care of you guys, and everybody was like, all right. So that show amped up. That's where I first met you um, as the amped up show that was over there at the facility. So I, who did you wrestle on that show? I remember. I remember first of all, I remember seeing you wrestle. And then there was a slight altercation in the back. You don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. And I was like, what's going there they were like, well, that's Candy Girl. I, like, that's, I said, oh, my God. So th- who did you actually wrestle on that show? Because that's the first time that I actually met you.
2: Yeah, that was at the ability First um, venue here yeah, in Inglewood. I, mm-hmm. I wrestled with Eliza Hammer. Um, okay, that's, I yes. I think Sean does a good job of bringing just a bunch of talent that are that is different i think that's why the show is just so entertaining because sometimes you can go to a show and maybe one or two matches were entertaining but i feel like the show from beginning to end just kind of works together because there's a little bit of everything you like lucha there's a little bit of that you like a little bit more story there's a little bit of that like a little bit more comedy there's a little bit of that so it's definitely a good locker room to be in and i think whenever you put a bunch of people that are wanting to do you know the best that they could do um, it's always going to be um, interesting evening it 's never a dull moment, definitely yeah, like it's crazy. and yeah, and uh, talking about just the space and everything, people might just be like, why are they spending so much time talking about that? but I remember some shows um, you know you think sometimes that there's a name behind it or something, so you think there's going to be a little bit more you know nice Upscale. benefits um, I've, I've ha- yeah i've had yeah, i've had to change. In very random spots. And what people don't understand is the show starts maybe like, what, 7, 8 p.m.? Um, You have to be there like 11 a.m. to start putting the ring together, putting the chairs together. So by the time, especially girls, I can't go with, uh, you know, my makeup ready. By the time that I'm done putting the ring together, my garret would be like down to my (laughs) feet. So it's nice to have, you know, to go, you know. Put the ring or do whatever you can do to help, you know, how, however right. early you can get there at the show and then have a shower or a bathroom, you know, just for females and just for males to, to freshen up. So I think that's how yeah. we're hung up on it. Just in case anyone's like, why is this the ring? is such a big deal. It really is because it's an all day affair. That's why when you consider working two shows back to back or three, you really are giving up your whole day. It's not just the evening.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that show in particular, it, it was an outside show, and it started to get dark. By the time that last match went out, Sean was like, all right, man, we're going to cut it down to eight minutes because it's getting dark or whatever. So that had a lot to do with <laughs> it, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I want to talk about female um, themselves in the business because, you know, my my daughter uh, has been wrestling, too, and, you know, she's in the business. That's why I actually, because I was retired, and I came back, you know, just to, to do a few spot shows here and there with her just to get her – to kind of like know the business, for lack of a better term, but I want to expand a little bit on that and talk a little bit bit about that more with Candy Girl. But we got Superboy coming up, and before we get to that, Denise, uh, I'm mean Denise. Uh, Candy Girl, hang on just one second. Uh, before we get to Superboy and talk a little bit more about that, let's see what Denise Salcedo has to say about what's going on with Lucha Centro.
0: Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a look at all of the great shows available this week on the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Monday, it's a brand new mass cast with Dos Hermanos Luchas. The brothers are back with their latest advice on how to build the ultimate Lucha Libre mask collection, including what Facebook groups can really help you up your game. Tuesday, it's Mask, Mats and Mayhem, the show that brings you back into and behind the scenes of Lucha Underground. This week on the show, more behind-the-scenes secrets are revealed from two of the show's day one luchadores, plus... The gang discusses the current success of former Lucha Underground stars, Karrion Cross and El Hijo del Fantasma, and takes a look back at Season 1, Episode 6. Plus, this Friday, look for a bonus episode of the MMM show focused on Pride Month, including a special interview with former Lucha Underground and current AEW star, Sunny Kiss. Also on Tuesday... Brand new series, Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo, debuts on its regular night with a live call in show covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 830 p.m. Pacific. Then, each Wednesday, the show will be available for download on podcast platforms. The first episode is up now and features interviews with former CMLL, Ring of Honor, and Lucha Underground star Ricky Reyes, Ballator fighter Rick Hahn, And Combate America SVP Mike Oframowitz. This week's guest will include former XPW and Wrestling Society X star and current owner and operator of the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, Joey Chaos. With SBW graduates in nearly every major promotion at this point, there is a lot to talk about. Don't miss WrestleBoss Live on Tuesday night and in podcast format on Wednesday. We've also got more live recordings for you on Wednesday as Spanish series La Mesa de los Margaros brings you their unique style of news and comedy along with special guests. Watch as they record their episode on Facebook Live and then download the episode Thursdays. Also on Thursday, it's Straight Out of the Bodega with Papo Esco with special guests. PWR Training Academy graduate and AEW star, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Popo and Gabe talk with Jack about his training at the academy, his time in the NorCal indie scene, and his signing with AEW. On Friday, we've got the number one Lucha Libre show on the U.S. charts, Lucha Central Weekly, and the number one show wrestling-related period on the Mexico iTunes Wrestling Charts. Lucha Central Weekly En Espanol. With Lucha Libre slowly returning to Mexico and shows this past weekend from both DTU and IWRG, plus luchadores all over WWE programming these days, we've got two packed shows for you. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, This is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Denise Salcedo eating that pizza. I see on, if you check out her social media, she's talking about trying out some pizza and, Talking about how much she loves it. But, anyways, that was nice of her to give us all the lowdown on Lucha Central. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Bobby Chulo. I got Candy girl with me. If you want to call in, if you have a, a question for any of us or Superboy who's going to be coming on right now, you can always call 323 870 3387. Again, that's 323 870 3387. Hopefully, you know, I've sent Superboy a couple texts. Hopefully, he got, when they don't text me back, I'm like, oh, God, please let them be able to come on. So, hopefully, he'll, he'll pick up and we'll be ready to roll. If not, he's in big trouble.
3: <laughs> Sergio? Yes, sir. <laughs> Can you hear me? It's Fabiano.
1: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you, Brian. <laughs> All right. But I was, uh, you had me sweating for a minute. But real quick for the people, listeners, don't forget you're here at Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo. I got Candy Girl as my co-host today and on the line with us uh, right now. Whenever I have something going on that's new, you know, and I want to make my show legit, this is the first person I call, the man himself, Superboy Torres. Superboy, how are you, my friend? Hey, man,
3: pretty good. Thank you for having me for the invite. Uh, it's always a pleasure, man. It's always good to reminisce and talk about the old times and not only about the old times, but you know, everything that's coming up and everything that's that's happening today, man. Thanks a lot for the invite. Well,
1: well, you know, first of all, I had uh, Patrick Hoet, Larry Rivera on with me last week and he, he, called oh. Superboy, the miracle of modern science. That's he said. I've never seen anybody. Wow. He, he makes me laugh because on one of my old shows <laughs> I've I played I play, he's going, the man is amazing, back flip, front flip, side flip, he goes, he is a miracle <laughs> of modern science. So not only that, but but when I say, yeah, you know, of course I know Superboy, and they go, you don't know him. Just stop, just stop. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. We worked, and we <laughs> even took him with us. Then they go, nah, stop, stop. So, Anyways, I, I got a lot of I got a lot I want to talk about because it was funny. Because, you know, I was doing, you know, mixed martial arts uh, radio and they let me throw in, you know, the luchas or whatever as long as I brought it back. So when this COVID happened and they pulled the plug on it, Kevin Kleinrock was nice enough to say, Hey, look, man, come over here. Do, you know, do a pro wrestling show and it could be half pro wrestling, half MMA and it'll be great. I'm like, oh, perfect, man. So it's been rolling. Man, that is awesome. Yeah, but so. Well, I wanted to get Superboy on because I wanted – it's funny because I was working for Lucha Libre Alliance because I had been retired for a while. And when I got back, uh, the first person I saw was Superboy. I think he brought Legacy or whatever to come and work. And I saw him, so we were able to talk, and Platanito was there, and it was great. But I saw Antonio. Antonio comes in the back, same Antonio from years ago, you know, had a cigarette <laughs> hanging out of his mouth, and he was bringing the gear for for chivos or whatever. So the story that that comes to mind is when, when Superboy was uh, – he was hot, man, back then. We were working at All Nations. And uh, I, one of, first of all, I was scared to death, and Super Bowl was one of the nicest people that actually, you know, helped me out. Him and his uh, brother, Capitan Oro, two of the nicest people that, that helped me out a lot, which they didn't really have to. But it was funny because we got to be friends. And I don't know why I just happened to be at your house. I think we were trading some R.A. videotapes or whatever. And it was late, late uh-huh. at night, and you were, you were leaving for Japan the next day, like at 5 o'clock in the morning. And you go, dude, I, I, Antonio was supposed to make me some gear, and he never showed up, and I don't know what happened. He's not answering his phone. And I don't know why, but it was already close to, like, maybe two, 1 o'clock in the morning or something, and we hear a knock at the door. And I go, dude, somebody's at your door. And it was Antonio. <laughs> he brought that gear at, like, 1 o'clock. Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, no, yeah. No. Not only that, but, like, it it this happened every time I went to Japan. But you know, he he was nice enough that time to come over to my house. But you know, I would go to his house at three in the morning. He would call me like <laughs> around three in the morning and say, Hey, your gear is ready. I go oh, shit, let me I would go pick it up and then drive to the airport from there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was fun know, to be. amazing, amazing work, man. He is yeah, he is so awesome. You know, he never took measurements. He never took measurements. Um, he would look at you and just, you know, get the measurements by, by just looking at you. And it was incredible because some of the nicest masks that I ever got was from Antonio
4: because
3: they yeah. fit it like a glove, brother. They fit it like <laughs> a glove, and it was just something else, you know. And yeah. Thanks, yeah. For, thanks, thanks, thanks for Antonio, man. <clears throat> yes,
1: and, and it was amazing back then because uh, all nations – was far and away, the hotbed of of lucha libre back then. I mean they used to do shows that were just freaking packed, man. So we would we would have the shows there and and uh Capitan Oro and Superboy were, were super hot back then. But the thing that always sticks out to me is when we went to, to San Francisco, we started working for Incredibly Strange oh, wow. Wrestling, and we, we went out to San Francisco, and, and when Unholy was my partner, he said, "Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Superboy, and I'm going to bring Capitanora. So, Shit, I said, they are going to steal the show, man. And he's like, yeah, but I want... So we went to make a good impression... And we took yeah. you guys out there, and this is where I uh, had the utmost respect for Capitano Re. And hopefully he doesn't get be mad because I tell this story But I, I, I don't think he would care either way So we, this, is, this is how it was back then And Candy Girl, I know you're over there uh, I'm going to get, you know, we're going to bring it all around But Candy Girl is my host right now I'm sorry, Candy Girl, say hi to Superboy real quick
2: No, no worries, I didn't want to interrupt But it is very nice to meet you <laughs>
3: No, likewise, it's a pleasure Big so, pleasure. Thank you.
1: So we get we get to the airport, and this is before all that, that TSA and all that stuff. So Capitano Rosso, hey, Fabiano, come here. I say, he goes, do me a favor. Go to the Burger King, get the biggest size uh, soda <laughs> that they have. Fill it with ice and just put about half of Coke. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I come back. He pulled out a liter, not a small bottle, but a liter of Jack Daniels. And filled it up. <laughs> And 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 then our plane got delayed. You remember? So he said, "Go go get some more ice." So I went. So he had probably two two drinks, or whatever. So we go to get on the plane, and the plane was empty because we're just going from L.A. to San Francisco, and there was wasn't very many people. So we start walking towards the back, and there was a, a little moronito that was asleep by the window. So he goes, hey, sit sit, sit over here with me So he sat next to him in the middle seat And I sat on the end And I'm like, what the hell are you doing There's there's plenty of room He goes, hold on So we take off and the waitress comes And she goes, would you guys like anything to drink I said, yeah, I'll take a Sprite And he goes, yes, and I'd like a Coke And my friend over here would like a Coke too The guy that was asleep (laughs) So she goes, okay she comes back and she gives me the surprise, she gives him the coke, she hands Capitan the, the soda for him, he says, Thank you, puts it on the on his tray, pulls out that leader, pours two two drinks. So we had two drinks. I go kind freaking of genius. So that's not the end of it. We get to San Francisco. And Audra, remember uh, she wrestled as La Chingona or whatever. That was the, the promoter. So yeah. she comes and she goes, "Hey man, I got everything for you guys. I got beers over here. Whatever you guys want or whatever." So Capitan takes a look and he sees all the beers and he goes, "Do you have any hard stuff?" She goes, "Yeah, whatever <laughs> you want." Bam gets him another Jack Daniels, Jack and Coke. And I'm like, "Man, this guy's lucky. He's gonna be messed up by time we get." So we went out there. We went over some spots. Never missed a beat. I mean, not one, yeah. man. Torreada, the hip toss, and boom. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So we
5: had,
1: yeah. I think he had two more drinks after that. And then Audra gave us money to get a hotel. But the we were out of there maybe 1, 2.30 in the morning. So we the plane was leaving at 6. So we said, Ed, let's go to the airport. So we went to the airport, and we stopped and got sandwiches. And, and <laughs> he Capitan Oro, we were we were laying down in the airport, and he still I, I, I think he, I think he'd already switched to coffee. No, no, I think he still had a drink. So he would he was laying down like that, and he'd fall asleep, and then he'd wake up, and he'd take a bite of the sandwich, take a drink, and fall back to sleep. And I, this this guy is freaking amazing. So we got home right Sunday. We were wrestling at at Antonio's at All Nations, and I said, there is no way that this guy's going to make it. So Piloto Nuclear, he, he got all busted up, and James was, was fixing him up. And here comes uh, Capitán Oro around the corner with the beer in one hand. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, it, that was the, the one time that I had the utmost respect for, because never missed a beat, man, that guy. And honestly, yeah. now that I have you on the show and I'm, you know, we're talking about that, I think Capitán Oro was one of the most underrated uh Luchadores that was in L.A. Because he helped me a lot, man. He got me. It was funny because finally after about four or five times of us all going out to um, to San Francisco, he said, hey, you're finally starting to mm-hmm. learn how we wrestle mm-hmm. or whatever. So do you remember any of <laughs> that, uh, Sergio? Oh, most, most, most
3: definitely, you know. And, you know, you hit it right on the, right on the dot, you know. Um, he was one of the most underrated wrestlers uh, in L.A. Because, you know, he was a big dude, heavy dude. And he also, man, he he managed. You know, he was he he was a high flyer. He managed the ropes. He did everything. We went to a few places where you know people kind of laughed at us when they saw us. And they were saying, to pinchigodito, what are you going to You know. <laughs> and then we, you know, we tore we tore down the house, yeah. dude. Yeah. And you know, we cool. had a few shows where Sabu was the main event, and he goes, "Oh shit, here comes here comes Cap- Capitán Superboy." Because why don't you guys take the main and we'll take we'll take the semi? (laughs) Because
1: you know you guys
3: are gonna rock it. You know, yeah.
1: It was it was like that, but yeah. We went back, and and uh, Sergio, the the unholy, he's the one who, who had the booking, and he couldn't make it. He had to work. So he said, hey, can, can you take the guys up there, whatever? And I said, yeah. So we took Piloto Suicida with this. Oh, my God. They didn't even want to let you guys back in the locker room. They couldn't even get – the people were so going so crazy that they couldn't even get that to the locker room. The people wouldn't even let you. I mean, they were so old wow. because you and him had been working – for quite some time. So man, he was doing you know the, the maromas and, and people were looking oh my yeah,
3: god. Yeah and,
1: and it was huge. Such such good times back then. But real quick uh, for the people listeners, you're here, you're at WrestleBox with Fabi Chulo. I got Candigo uh co hosting with me and we're talking to Superboy Torres, talking a little bit about <laughs> going to San Francisco and things. I wanna talk a little bit about going back to all nations because Here's one thing that I that I have been wanting to talk to Superboy about for quite some time. We were working there for for a long time, and James Macias, uh Senior, was one of the guys that helped. He used to he used to uh, oh shoot yeah, I gotta tell this story. I'm sorry. He, he used to he used to have a house uh, in Azusa, and his and Antonio when he would bring the the luchadores from Mexico instead of having them stay at a hotel, you would have them stay over there at the house. So um. <laughs> but then he would have a big barbecue or he would make like mojarra or whatever. So Superboy was there. He had brought his kids who are wrestlers now, but they were little little kids. And he had a garage full of, of memorabilia, uh, masks from me, mascaras, and all the, the little monitos from, from AAA, all real nice and whatever. So everybody was drinking. and it was like that. So Superboy's oh, kids good. were opening the packages and putting on the mascaras. <laughs>
5: Yeah, right. So, so I go, I go, I go, up to
1: Superboy, and he was getting ready to leave. And I said, "Hey, man," I said, uh, "Do you have your kids?" He goes, "Yeah, they're right here." I go, "Man, uh, d- don't let James know." But they opened up all the packages and they put the masks. So I go, "Come on, I'll show you." So we walk in there, and he sees all the stuff all over the ground, and he goes, he turns to the kids, and he goes, "What's wrong?" With you guys? He goes, "You know I'm going to get drunk. You're not supposed to be playing with the
5: toys."
1: <laughs> okay, and they and they turned around and left. But James was like, "Hey man, if the Superboy, it doesn't matter, or whatever." But it was we used to we used to have some good times over there too. I mean, it was really nice. But anyways, he, you know, James is one of the guys that 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 brought me into All Nations, and that's how I met Superboy. So there's this white kid. That James kept talking about he kept telling Antonio hey bring this kid Christopher Daniels he can go he can go ah, with the luchadores yeah. or whatever and he was like what you know he, so he said just try him, dude or whatever so he brought him down and he started working. So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, nowadays guys go to school and they stick with one school and they they two or three matches and they think they're somewhere. But Christopher Daniels coming yeah. from wherever, Chicago or where he was from, to come to all nations and speak no Spanish whatsoever and work, he, he turned out he turned out to be like one of the best guys we had over there, you know?
3: Well, you know what? Yeah. Uh, actually, um, I Actually, I met Christopher Daniels and you know, he was hungry. He was hungry for the business. Always was, looking. I actually, I met Christopher Daniels the first time at. Uh, I think remember when Bill and Jesse had their gym in uh, uh, San Bernardino or Fontana mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time I went down there to train, he was head up the. You know, he had he was in charge of a class. That's where I met Chris Daniels, and then mm-hmm. later on, I, I kind of met him at the manas with Antonio. And a few places, and yeah, you know, he, he great worker, great worker.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And
3: I was hungry for the craft and everything. And, you know, he asked me, hey, you know what, I want to go to Japan. I go, yeah, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell you what I tell everybody else. You know, get me some pics, give me a cassette, and I'll take it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drop it off at the office. I'm going to give it to the uh, matchmaker, which at the time was uh, Ted Tanabe, the referee. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep it, uh, you know, yeah, and he, they looked it over, and I, like the following, I, this was like 95, by 97, he did his first Japan tour, and yeah. the rest is history, you know, he did yeah. WCW, ECW, uh, WWE, and he did, a, he, he just about did everything out there that could be, uh, uh, you know, thrown at him, and again, yeah. and you just hit it on top, you know, uh, he went to different schools, he different places trying to learn from everybody else, and that's the way you did it back in the day. You know, you would go to, you know, in my case, I would go to Tijuana, I would go to, you know, L.A., wherever it was, you know, and just trying to get that that network, you know, trying to get, you know, the feel of different people. Uh, When I started traveling, it was so easy. It was so easy because, you know, you knew your craft and you knew what you were doing, and, you know, you took it out there to the next level, you know. And it was, yeah, com- it was awesome. It was great. And he was co- and so he I confident com-
1: in your skills. Go ahead.
2: I, I said, so I got to ask you, Superboy, because, you know, for as it. someone that's in the whole yeah. scene, we understand how big um, your contributions have been and how things are changing now. So there's so many different paths to get to the level that you want to be. How important, talking about Japan, do you think that's important for a local wrestler to hit those marks? like Mexico and Japan and their career? Because things are changing, and people are finding alternatives, right? But there's still a lot of value that maybe people are not seeing in the way that it was done before. So how important do you think that is for someone that's trying to make it in the scene now?
3: Well, it's very important. You know, like I said, like I said, I'll said, i say it again. You know, you either go to Mexico. You know, back in the day, you would have to go to Mexico. These are the three three uh, key places you need to go to become a good wrestler or, or become famous. Well, first of all, it was Mexico. Uh, Japan mm-hmm. and Germany, Germany. You know, once you you know uh, once you hit these three spots, you know you had a name for yourself and you were groomed. And nowadays, it's very important. Unfortunately, with wow. everything that's going around, and you know, uh, I'm, I hate to say it, but uh, values in you know, in lucha libre, all wrestling, have gone down so so low. <laughs> you know yeah. that uh,
5: mm-hmm.
3: it's 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 very hard. You know, now if you want to go to Japan, you have to pay your way down there, you know, and see if you can book, and uh, and see if they'll pay you, you know. It's very hard, yeah. but mm-hmm. if, you, if you're hardcore, you like this business, you know, you're going to do everything that's possible to
1: get to that point. But, but yeah, that's, that's because the- the, the business has blossomed so much, too. There's so many people trying to get into it, and so many. So back in the day, you, you if you didn't train at Gil's Garage, there was there was hardly anything, you know, to go train. But hold on real quick. I got to play a quick commercial, Superboy. Sure. And Candy will keep you on an just real quick.
4: No problem. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
5: Lucha-Mask.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network.
0: And now, Wrestle Boss with Bobby Chulo.
1: Man, I got to remember to book the whole hour for Superboy because there's so much that I want to talk about. <laughs> but for the people listening, listen, you're here yet. Wrestle Boss with Bobby Chulo. I got Candy Girl uh, co-hosting with me and on the line with us now, Superboy. We'll talk a little bit about how you're getting into the business and really wanna wanna prosper and and get get your name out there and everything like that. But I got I remember when uh, I was talking to Superboy. I think we're talking on the phone and he was like, "Yeah," because he's getting ready to go to Japan. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, we're talking about it. He goes, well, you know what? They want to do this new gimmick, and they want to make me the ball. And I'm like, the ball? And he goes, yeah, wow. kind of like a beach ball. Because there were gimmicks big time back then, like uh, uh, Super yeah. Dolphin and all those guys. And and I'm like, well, who cares, dude? I go, shit, you're in Japan. Be whatever they want. And you're like, okay. And they, I think that that's when they ended up making you the convict. Or whatever out there. But then when he came back, he goes, Hey bro, he goes, I got in trouble and I go, For what? And he goes, Well, this this guy wanted my mask. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, well, well, you know, how much does he want? And he said, uh, Naniwa, Naniwa Crabber, somebody was translating, said, hey, the, the yeah. guy says, hey, that'll give you $500 for it. he goes, so I took my mask off. And again, he goes, and they come running and they throw a television They go, you don't take the mask off. And you go, but I, I earned 500 I took my mask off. So said, for the people listening, that's how, that's how serious it is, the luchas in Japan. You don't show your face. The, 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 the heels go on a different bus. And then talk a little bit about that. Oh yeah, most definitely.
3: It was it was really weird because from the first the first day of the tour that we, the first tour I ever did, uh we we just got off the train. Uh we just walked like a, maybe 200 meters where we were intercepted by the great Sasuke. He was driving in this in this in this uh in his car and then he had like he had like the van with all, all the publicity and he was in a mask, dude. He was in a mask talking on his cell phone. As soon as he's taller, everybody goes, hey, 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 put your mask on. Like, dude, we're in the dance uh, uh, train station. Yeah. Put your mask on. I was like, oh, yeah. oh fuck, okay. Dude, we, we, we went all the way to the place that the, the show was going to be, and all through the ride, we wore our mask. And um, yeah. and I was like, uncomfortable because, you know, you're not used to wearing your mask 24-7, you know.
6: Yeah. And
3: And... Uh, yeah, so we got there, and, you know, dude, the people just just got all around. You couldn't even get to the place once we got there. And, you know, it, it's it's a tradition that they have, and it, they're really, really hardcore about that. Uh, yeah. We would uh, go in the bus, and, like, two miles before you got to the place, you have to put on your mask inside the bus.
5: Yeah. And then
3: uh, we, would, we would pull over, and then another little, another little bus would come and pick the heels up. And heels drove on one side, and then uh, we went on one car, and then the baby just went on another. But that was, you know, that's how much they protected the business,
5: you know. And
3: uh, it it was just crazy, man. It was just crazy, you know, especially when you're not used to.
1: But that's what I'm talking about. They take it serious over there. Here, it's a little more show, and you know, it's it's a little different. But that's why I think that you know they they're so successful out there with New Japan and all that because you know they do take it so serious as far because if you're not in shape and you go out there, they're gonna kick your ass, right? Oh yeah, almost
3: <laughs> definitely, dude. You know, it's they're unforgiving, dude. They're unforgiving. Uh, you know, like I say, we need a, we need an hour to talk. And I need to tell some stories that, you know, oh. of people just literally just getting their ass kicked because they weren't conditioning up. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, you know people were uh, actually men, wrestlers, that were crying, dude, because they couldn't take it. You know, it, it, was, well, it was really hard. And you wrestle well, you, on a daily basis, every yeah. damn day.
1: Yeah. yeah, and we were talking but, about you know, that because I, I was telling Candy Girl, I could do one show. Uh, uh, for the for the weekend and that's it. Because if I have to do back to back, it's not going to happen. But anyways, you know, we definitely got to got to got to get you back on so we can talk a little bit about more about that. And plus, you know, the the sons are carrying on the tradition. It was funny because the first time I saw them wrestle, I'm like, oh my god, it's just like watching Superboy and Capitan Oro all over again. It, it's the it's the yeah, same clap, clap, it's just me. Like, Watch and it's huge. And they know, you know, what same thing like you were talking about when they book them. It's gonna be a show. You know they're gonna put on a show. But anyways, unfortunately we're running up against the clock. I gotta get you back on so we can talk a little bit more about that. We can talk about Tocaito, uh When we used to flip for the bed <laughs> in, in the hotel. Or we'll uh, yeah, well the- definitely. Yeah, when we used to take My the Bronx offer to hit you
3: go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, for the people listening, uh,
1: check out uh, Superboy Torres. Just put Superboy Torres in your little search engine. You know Everything comes up on there, and you can follow him on there. He's got uh, stuff going on. He was doing the, the announcing and, and, and all the commentary and everything when we were at Enoki Dojo, so it just keeps going. It just keeps the tradition going on. So we definitely look forward to that. As soon as all this pandemic is over, hopefully we'll be able to see you at another show soon, and it'll be just a slamming time. Anytime I'm there and Superboy's there, it's like the best time I have because all we do is just talk shit about how we used to do things <laughs> back in the days and get, get beat up and talk about Most the Bomber. And you know, and all kinds of yes. stuff like that. So we'll definitely, <laughs> we'll definitely have to talk about that. So hey, I appreciate you coming on. Please tell the whole family, uh, you know, I said hi and all that. It's funny because I hate to sound like an old man, but I remember when the when your your oldest son was going to preschool and we walked him over there for breakfast yeah. and everything. That's it that was ridiculous. So all right, Superboy. Yeah. dot um, yeah, yeah,
5: so com by Pro Wrestling Revolution, bringing you in partnership with Max Republic the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha maskscom and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha maskscom powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
6: seen and read by top executives in all of the major lucha libre promotions across the globe and on top of that it's free luchacentral.com your centralized place for all things lucha libre
1: you know what i have to i have to apologize for that that caller it for some reason i don't know if the dude follows or whatever but i don't want to give him too much publicity but he's done that to me before you know called or whatever but for the people if it's a serious inquiry and you want to talk about uh wrestling or wrestling related topics you can call 323 870 3387 it's funny because um you know i have you know, pro wrestling, and then I have mixed martial arts and judo and jujitsu, jitsu and I have a bunch of, like, UFC fighters and stuff like that. But for some reason, well, honestly, for some reason, like, they, they book themselves, or I have them booked, and then I'll call them and they won't answer. And I forget most of the training, and everybody's gone back to training, they usually train between like 7 and 8 at night. So I tell them, hey, don't forget, you know, I got you booked. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to forget or whatever. And then I call and they don't answer. Or they, they call me the day before and oh, go, no. bro, I forgot <laughs> I forgot that I have training or whatever. So let me let um, Ricky Mandel know the, that we're calling. I'm sorry, but I hate to do stuff like that on the air. But if not, then he won't pick up. Uh, so,
2: okay, yeah. No,
1: sorry that's part that. of
2: being live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not everybody does live for uh, not everyone's life for a reason, and that's so we part, just gotta
1: go with that's it. <laughs> part, that's part of being live when people call and say stupid stuff like that or whatever. But it's happened before. I had a uh, like we're gonna talk about that later because i I had a, a few women on mixed martial arts fighters and stuff like that, and and that's happened before where they ask them start out cool, then ask them something silly, and I have to cut them off. But we're gonna talk about that later on too because for some reason. And the independent scene with the girls and all that—they've been having some problems. So I want to expand a little bit on that. I don't think anybody would yeah. would do that to Candy Girl because, first of all, there's so many people like myself and Sean Black that kind of watch over them. And and it all depends on the locker room too, man. You got to have a handle on that thing and make sure you know that you keep everything on the up and up. So let me give Ricky Mandel a quick call. Hopefully, he's going to pick up and we can talk a little bit. And hopefully, if uh, Candy Girl, if you could stay on for a little while, we just want to run a couple of things by you real Hello? quick. Hey, Ricky Mandel, it's uh, Fabiano. You're live on Fabi Chulo and WrestleBoss. Are you there?
4: Fabi, Fabi, I don't know no uh-huh. Fabi.
1: It's it's good, it's good, it's good to hear from you. I, I've been wanting to talk to Ricky Mandel for for quite some time because there's a lot to talk about, and only because I've been in the business for so long that I get to see these guys like when they're up and coming, and then when they hit that that uh, big time, you know. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But my co-host, I have Candy Girl with me. Um, we've been talking to Super Bowl, I- and I for I forgot. So I'm so sorry, but not this time since we got Ricky Mandela. Candy Girl, say hi to Ricky Mandela real quick.
2: How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. Thank you for asking. Good.
1: It's it's funny because we were talking about – the independent scene right now well first of all there's nothing you know right now everybody's kind of on a hiatus on a break Mm -hmm. but we had a couple of really good shows right before the pandemic Compton Mania had a uh, for lack of a better term I hate to use this term but like a backyard type of show and it was pretty cool it was packed and the people were hot and then I went to go work the next day at Lucha Libre Alliance where Ricky Mandel has worked the Lucha Arena which Mm -hmm. is in the middle of south central LA Florence uh, in Maine and you you literally get dressed outside where it's kind for another lack of a better term junkyard type of thing, and then you come in and it was i mean it was on fire everything was was you know that place was packed and everything was going good then this pandemic hits and just screws everything up so I want to talk a little bit about You know, Lucha Underground and all that, of course, but at this moment, Ricky, you know, how are things going for you so far? I can see if everybody follows him on his social media. You've been training and, you know, staying in shape, but I don't think I've ever seen you out of shape. But so right now at this moment, you know, with the pandemic and we don't even know when we're going to be able to see another show come or whatever. How's everything going for you right about this time?
4: At this very moment, um, things are actually beginning to pick up again with uh, training. So I'm able to go and at least get in the ring and work off ring rust or, you know, what have you. But as far as shows go, um, you know, obviously I I see them popping up um, in various areas, but not a whole lot. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, that's just like everybody else, you know, you're you're kind of twiddling your thumbs wondering what's going on, not just with wrestling, but with the whole world in general. Yeah,
1: and uh, are you are you still in Vegas or Henderson? I am. How, how is it out there? Because I, I got to tell you, man, I love Las Vegas. I love Henderson. Uh, when I worked for King of the Cage, we went out there a lot. We did a lot of shows at the Eastside Cannery and things of that nature. And I can stand a couple of days. But after a couple of days, sure. it's so goddamn hot out there. It's like, you know man, I'm going to head home or whatever. I, does it take a while to get it adjusted to that, or are you just so used to it? No big deal.
4: Okay, so the thing with Vegas is as far as the heat goes, I'm okay with that. Believe it or not, I was that guy when I lived in California, would love to go to, like, Disneyland and amusement parks and what have you on those really hot days. The heat doesn't bother me. But believe it or not, it's the winter that gets me because it's this dry, just, like, dry cold, yeah, and it just, like, goes through your bones. Now, keep in mind, I was born and raised in Illinois, So, and and looking back, I remember I have pictures of me wearing shorts in the winter in Illinois. So that kind of says a lot. (sighs) (laughs) Well,
1: the only reason, because I'm fat. So I'm always got a T-shirt on. Ricky's always had abs and all that. So of oh, course yeah, bull, bull. No, I, I know when you were younger, you know, but now, now, I mean, you know, Ricky, that's why, as soon as I see him, you know, the abs, I tell him, go get dressed over there. We did a show for Ruben Iglesias, I think, or something. And I said, man, go get dressed over there. Don't even come anywhere near me. But, you know, talking about that, I want to talk a little bit about that too when you wrestled Ziggy Dice over there for, for Ruben, but... You know, of course, when I when I said that I was, I always like to announce my guests as soon as I get them locked in. I like to put it up because a lot of people, for some reason, they're afraid to to call in or talk on the on the on the air. But they'll send me emails and they'll send me messages and stuff. And of course, all they talk about is Undergo. Well, ask him about this. Ask him why he didn't do this and what. And I'm like, okay. So I know you. I don't know if you're tired of talking about it or whatever, but it does come up as soon as I say that, that I'm having you on. And everybody says sure. the same thing. He he. Now, me personally, I, I kind of thought it was cool, you know, because you were doing the, the, the one gimmick with the mask and, and everything like that. But the Johnny Mundo mm-hmm. thing, when you kind of played kind of craziness and kind of came, I thought that was, I thought they could like really run with that. I don't know if it stopped kind of because it kind of got, the, you know, the season was over. Or whatever, But not just because you're here on the show and I have you on. I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought they could run with that a little bit more. So I want to talk about that. But talking about Lucha Underground, because we talk a lot lot about that here, but I just thought it was so different. I thought it was pretty cool. The, the, The thing I remember the most is when they just started, I don't know if it was the second or third season, and they had Vampiro on. And he was like uh, coming out of an insane asylum and he's bald and he has his, his, his uh, shirt tucked up to the top. And they're showing him, they go, Do you have any thoughts of suicide? And he goes, No. And they show him just getting hit with some light tubes and bleeding all over. And it was just really cool. I thought it was cool. So, talk a little bit about that. I mean, first of all, when they approached you and said, Look, I think this is what we want to do. We want to make you Ricky Mundo or whatever. I mean, I know you, you don't want to go, Well, that's not what I want to do. I want to do this. So, talk a little bit about how that all came about because, regardless of whatever, it's, it's kind of propelled you into like you know the upper echelon of of the lucha scene. So talk a little bit about that because the people just want to know.
4: For sure. Um, so that actually started when um, they came to me with uh, uh, tresse when I was doing the Disciples of Death stuff, and right. we you know we, we ran we had our you know our little run with that. that ran its course, and then uh, right before. Um, we shot the scene where uh, Tressa gets killed. They sent me uh, the script for it. And I read this thing and it's like, okay, and then blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tressa gets his, uh, his heart ripped out and dies. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> what is this? Okay, sweet, nice, okay, now am I that out of it? It's like a
2: hero to 100, it, you know? <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. So I'm sitting there and I had like maybe a week before this scene, so I'm thinking, okay, I have to, I can't go into this production or this this shot um, without some type of plan or an idea, something to pitch to them for myself. So I'm sitting there like, uh, I mean, and at the time I was still doing uh, mirror image, Ricky Mandel on the Indies. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, do I bring the mirror image to Lucha Underground? Does that work? Can I just be like sexy cocky heel? I mean, do they want that? What can I do? And I had just watched, um, a documentary on child's play, you know, Chucky. Right. And how all the animatronics of the doll work. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Okay. But in the same breath, I had read an article on like the 10 spookiest places in the world or whatever. And one of them was the Island of the Dolls. So as I'm going to bed that night, it was, it was so strange. I'm like drifting asleep, drifting off, blah, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go. Right before I go to bed, my eyes shoot open, and I still remember this, my eyes shoot open with this vision of me walking to the ring with a doll. And I'm like, don't ask me where it came from, but I was just like, man... Like, that would be something cool. So then all of a sudden I start coming up with all these ideas of how, like, well, Luke Underground is probably the only place that we could have a doll come to life and, and, and you know, torture me and do, you know, all these, like, weird demonic things. So um, over the course of that week, I'm, like, coming up with all these ideas and just keep coming to me and coming to me. And I, I by the time I got to... um the shot for the, or the vignette for Killing of Tressé, they actually pulled me into the uh, the production room to tell me, like, okay, this is what's happening. And they actually told me, okay, yeah, we're killing off Tressé, but just so you know, like, we love you, uh, we think you're great, you're young, you're only getting better. As long as Lucha Underground's around, you'll always have a job. And I'm just like, okay, worried over nothing, cool.
6: Right.
4: Um, but... um. I was just like, okay, can I talk to you guys about this idea I have? they're like, yeah, sure. Nobody really comes to us with ideas. Like, please tell us. So I pitched them my whole idea for the doll. And they said they loved it. And they go, and I think this was during season two. Right. Yeah, this was during season two. So they pretty much said, all right, we can't do anything about it this season, but maybe season three or four. Like, okay, that's fair. And then uh, it was Krista Joseph, actually. Right. And he was the one who said, but in the meantime, we actually had another idea for you. And I go, okay, well, <laughs> what's that? He goes, we want you to be like a mini Morrison. It's like, you look just like him. And I'm sitting there like, what, what Mr the most ripped guy in wrestling, I look just okay, well, I must have like a body dysmorphia <laughs> like, or something. But yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. They, started, they
1: ain't going to ask me to do that spot. That's for sure. That's <laughs> <why> <laughs> get to
4: um, but they started pitching um, just little ideas, which actually none of them happened, the ideas they threw at me, but um, still, it was the idea behind, you're going to be um, John's like mini-me and
2: like kind of devoted to this. him. And I got to add, because about, I think, three or four years ago, we worked a couple of shows for Maverick. I was during in the locker room, and or and also for Tezzer Pro. And I remember looking at you and saying, he looks like John Morrison. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a good thing or a bad thing, how you take that, but it is what people just kind of code to, right?
4: Sure, absolutely.
1: Which is pretty cool, because then you kind of ran with
4: it. No. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like, growing up and seeing um, – you know, John on TV. I, I even told him this yeah. before. I was like, you know, you're one of my inspirations for getting in shape Right. because I remember doing a backstage, this is like long before I knew him, um, but doing, um, raw backstage. And, you know, you obviously you see the guys on TV and they look completely different than they do in person. And when I seen them in person, I was like, Holy hell, dude, like, man, like this guy's jacked and he's ripped. Like, I want to be like that, you know? So yeah, you it was a, it was a it. big inspiration. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it was just a huge inspiration to like, you know, get my ass in gear and, yeah. you know, start training. And little and you know, a few years later, oh, you're going to be as me, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so the, I, I thought that was pretty cool. So did all that, um, well, first of all, well, on the last season, because we had uh, Ricky Reyes on, and he said the same thing. He's like, dude, it, it was just starting to peak. I would have liked to have seen a, a closing. Like, you know, this happens to us, and, you know, Cortez Castro ends up getting killed by the police or something. So he said, yeah, we sure. should have went on one more season so we could have closed it or whatever. But yep. he said they kind of let the door open because they don't know if they might do another season. So. So, so far, uh, okay, let's say on your last day, they go, all right, man, this is the last taping, we don't know if we're going to be renewed or whatever. How does that work uh, on the last day?
4: Um, Honestly, okay, it was really strange because from what I remember, now all this might be a little off, so don't like fully quote me on it, but Uh, from what I remember, (laughs) but from what I remember, I was under the impression that we were doing, we did season four, and during The first night of Ultima Lucha, I could have swore I heard somebody say, oh, the network here, and they want to renew. Um, They want to continue the season. And we're like, well, this is Ultima Lucha. This is is it. This is the end of the season. We can't just film more. Right. You know? So, and then then I heard, okay, well, then season five is going to be a longer season. Because season four was really short. I think it was like twenty two episodes. Yeah. Um, and then like season one was like forty something, maybe even fifty. So from what I understand, like season five was supposed to be something like that. And, you know, we're like waiting around so so, you know, um, kinda of fast forward a few months and, and now years, but um uh, you know, we're like waiting around for like season five to come along, but it just never can answer your question. Um I guess I was just like for a little bit under the impression that it was kind of just going to happen. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, cool. Like maybe take some, take a few months off. Um, because I remember season one, I shot season one and then it seemed like it took forever to get to season two. But when we got to season two, it seemed like season three started right away. And then there was some time in between season three and four that by the time that happened, I was kind of like, okay, like they obviously see we have something here. Yeah. Maybe like season five will just like kick off just like that. But I mean, <laughs> here we are.
1: It would have been nice. <laughs> well, look, let me let me do a public service announcement right here. Okay, hang on one second. Sure. Uh, sure. <clears throat> Krista Joseph, let's go, buddy. Bring it back. We gotta get some closure on this whole thing. I thought it was really cool. So this is from Fabi Chulin. Let's let's get one more season going so we can close the book. If we have to close the book, if we want to keep going, that's cool too. All right, man. There you go, Ricky. I I took care of it. Don't even worry about it. But right, and, <laughs> and and, and, and Favi, Favi's king. Fabi's king, right? Right. Yeah. Don't forget about that. We'll make sure. Well, you know, real quick, cause we're running up against the clock. But it, this is this is why. Um, I thought Lucha Underground was cool because back then, when they first started, they had a media day. And I was working for uh, a strictly MMA um, radio show that did jujitsu and all that stuff. And they called my boss and said, hey, look, we we looked at your thing and we see you've got like over 50,000 listeners and all that. Can you send some uh, somebody down, send Bobby down so we can um, have him on our media day? And I thought that's smart because they don't, you know, they don't care if you're just strictly whatever to, to come down. So I went down for that media day. We're only allowed to talk to certain people. We're only allowed to talk to Morrison and, and uh, uh, Conan and Chavo and them. But I thought that's smart. They're reaching out. And when I talked to, I don't think it was Curtis to Joseph. It was the other guy, uh, Rodriguez or somebody. I can't remember because it was so long ago. But he, he he said, "Hey, look, man, if six people." You know, if I get six people to watch the show just from from you or whatever, that's six people I didn't have, and I was like, man, this yeah. guy's, this guy's smart, man. He knows what he's talking about. So that's why I thought it was pretty cool that they reached out and, and you know did stuff like that to try to make it work. But unfortunately, Ricky, we're running up against the clock. I gotta maybe get you back on so we could talk a little bit about the independent scene because I wanted to talk a little bit about when I saw you at Ruben's show because I had seen you for a while or whatever, and it was just yeah. like. The same time, like man, the guys never out of shape. He's always, he's really, you know, working. You know, he's taking, taking the, taking the sport serious. You know what I mean? Sure. And I had a good time. Absolutely. I think I was in the Battle royal or something, so I just acted like a fool. But I just had such a good time. And then you read the <laughs> Dice, and, and, and Nicolette came out, and she did the turn, and the doll, and the, and the doll flipped. That's right. And, and all that. It was it was a trip. It was really cool. So definitely got to get you back on so we can talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about Seen Bodai, and I wanted to talk about you know so many different people. Because I, personally, I think Seen Bodai is one of the most underrated um, – teachers and workers because i saw him working i was like man this guy you could just tell he knows what to do so we'll definitely got to get you back on for that now for the people listening to us your your social media is it uh under richard matthew or uh ricky mandel or
4: what Uh, other people check out face facebook is under my real name yes richard matthew everything else twitter and uh, instagram is ricky underscore mandel
1: Okay, perfect So we'll definitely get you back on So we can, we can talk a little bit more about that For the people listeners. Check him out on all his social media he Keeps everybody up to date You know, with, with everything that's going on I think it's just a matter of time till the wrestling comes back And we'll be hopefully we'll get you back down here You know, so we can see you out here Because um, I like sure. to travel Well, Vegas I shouldn't say that I can make a whole weekend in Vegas And just go out there And go check out the wrestling Or whatever <laughs> yeah. And come back So we'll definitely do that So we'll get you back on for sure Pretty soon for the people listeners. Make sure you check out Ricky Mandel He's got a lot going on Um, uh, Candy Girl, can you hang on for just a little while longer? Sure. Okay, perfect. We'll be right back after this. Ricky Mandel, everybody, make sure you check him out.
4: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head
5: lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-mask.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution.
1: Okay, I dropped, Candy dropped real quick, so I'm going to give her another call real quick. Sorry about that. Um, At least the whole thing, at least the whole thing didn't drop this time. So let me just,
2: mm -hmm.
1: we're going to call her back right now, get her back on here. Hopefully, everybody can still hear me. All the commercials are going, so we should be okay.
2: All right, Candy Girl here. <laughs>
1: are you still Are you still there? So you know what? Uh, when he dropped off, it took years off to, uh, from that, but we're okay. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. still on the Everything's still good. It's cool because it went through the commercial. But real quick for the people, listeners, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chulo. Just got finished talking to Ricky Mandel. Uh, and I got Candy Girl here with me. Uh, she's uh, the... What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? The the interim co-host while we're working on be. It's funny because I've been doing this for, for such a long time, and I've had like producers, and I'm like, as long as i got a producer, I'm cool. I can bounce stuff off of them or whatever. So when I came over here, I'm running my own board and everything. So I did the first show, I think, or one or two shows, and Kevin says, hey, man, uh, why don't you see me can get a female co-host? And I said, no, I, I, go, I got it. I go, it's just going to take me a minute to get used to the board. He said, well, just try a few people out, and then we'll go from there. Okay. As soon as I had a female co-host, the ratings just pff, went through the roof, just started spiking. I'm like, man, Kevin, Kevin knows what he's talking about because, you know, you can hear me talk all day. <laughs> but then they hear somebody, a female come on and give their point of view for the demographic, which is like 18 to 40-year-old males, you know, Kevin knows what he's talking about. So we have Candy Girl with us here today. Just got finished talking to Ricky Mandel, talked to Superboy in the first um, at the 15 minute mark or whatever. But as you can see, Candy, as we get going, you know, it, it, it the time goes by so fast, you know, so we might have to spread them, by. Out. Yeah, spread them out a little bit more and do a little bit more talking. So before we get out of here, I wanted to talk a little bit. The hot topic right now is I don't know where this came from. They said that a lot of the women have been, been treated, um, I don't want to say, like, badly or whatever, but I guess a little bit different. They've been treated a little bit harder, like, you know, no, you're going to do this, you're going to do what I say, and, I don't know, some sort of hazing or anything that's going on. I personally, I haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure that that crap go around when when i'm around because i'll put an end to it i don't care hey man i'm in my 50s but if i see that stuff going on i'm gonna say something or whatever and sean black you know he seems the same way you know he's he's, he's a righteous dude He don't yeah. he doesn't he, play yeah. that stuff yeah, there's is. promoters he, out there that don't care you know or whatever so from from your point of view now have you experienced anything like that or have you heard anything about that because it's been huge in the socal scene
2: yeah, I think for people that maybe are not in tune to what's going on is, you know, Hollywood had the hashtag Me Too movement, and wrestling right now is having the hashtag uh, Speaking That Movement, which is kind of following the, the same thing. And I think what people f- forget um, is that wrestling is real life, and w- whether we see it or not, w- women are treated differently on the daily. And, you know, there's people won't do things that they think they won't get away from. Um, So that's probably why you have never seen things in front of you because people know that if they did something shady or wrong that you would speak up. So I think that's the key and why everyone's exposure is so different and why it's such a shock to many people um, because a lot of these allegations and a lot of what's coming to light is just so wrong and it just goes so deep and it just goes beyond wrestling, right? We have to protect our women. We have to protect our girls. We have to protect each other as human beings first you know the world gives us enough to deal with you know pandemic cancer illness natural disasters like t- to think that we do this to each other on purpose is um it's just a lot bit unfortunately um I am not unfortunately I am a woman I'm proud to be a woman but I do understand the realities that I've learned to navigate and right. um, I do want to just shine light on how brave it is for these women to speak up and say their story because it's very hard to deal to deal with the truth, and sometimes as women we push things under the rug just because we're strong. But just because we're strong doesn't mean that we have to take things that are unfair. Um, so I right. think that that's a movement that's happening in wrestling, um, and it's happening all over uh, all over the world. But I want to make sure that I emphasize how brave the women are that are speaking up. And change is always scary for a lot of people, but people need to have hope and faith that things are changing for the better. So I personally, my experiences um, with wrestling, I've been so blessed to have great trainers. You know, Brian Kendrick as my trainer from day one, Uh, Jesse Hernandez, where I debuted uh, with EWF. Like I've been so lucky to have great trainers, to have great people to, you know, look out for me and give me advice. So I'm very grateful for that. But even with that, you know, um, there's still a lot of things that we have to deal with. So I understand, um, but I, I'm just so grateful for the women that speak up. And we're in a pandemic, so this is such a weird time to see what's going to happen when we (laughs) go back. So I think this is one of the things that we're just going to have to see what comes to light and then deal with it after.
1: Yeah, and, you know, first of all, I don't get it. I I don't because I've done many Let me tell you this. I did a show in in, uh, Torrance, in the city of Torrance, at the Elks Lodge. And this is when it was women's wrestling wasn't like it was today. We're talking this was early two thousand, maybe two thousand one or
5: mm-hmm. two thousand
1: two. And and I had Sarah Del Rey come and work for me. I can't remember who oh. I put her again. But she yes. I mean, she lit that place up. I mean, she was over like Rover. So my thing was mm-hmm. I wanted to come back. I mean, this girl's money. So I made sure she was that you know, she was taken care of, you know, money wise and She's whatever great. she did. Because I wanted her to come back. So as a, as somebody who puts a show on or whatever, I don't want anybody giving her a hard time or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. So I just don't understand why that would happen in this business. Now, well, well, I brought her back and same thing, sold out. I mean, it was just, she was, she ended up going on to be one of the trainers at the performance center, but even before she, when she went to Shimmer or whatever, I was constantly trying to get her back over here because she was money. And
2: she's amazing,
1: amazing. And
2: And that's the thing that you, because a lot of men don't think like that. They don't imagine how it could happen. But I think what the teachable moment is here is that there are people that think like that. So that's why we need those um, extra eyes to, you know, to look out and and have our backs because that is unfortunately a pressure, not just in wrestling, but in show business and truly in life. And this is something that I learned uh, very young in my life, um, a a lot younger than I feel that I should have. Um, But just to your point that um, because you don't think like that, you don't see it. And that's why it's so important that we start to open our eyes that other people do, and that way we can start to navigate and move a little bit differently and create, uh, whether it's policies or change, where inherently it will help protect, you know, especially those most vulnerable, which is the female wrestlers, the LGBTQ, things like that are inherently right now um, feeling a lot of, of um, un- unequal pressure.
1: I can't... Well- the, the point, too, that I was trying to make, because even with the male wrestlers, if I put on a show and let's say Sarah Del Rey, you know, is, is at Shimmer and, and I try to book somebody else, so the girl goes up to Sarah and says, hey, um, uh, this guy Fabiano wants me to work for me. Dude, go. He'll take care of you. I don't want to say, dude, I had a horrible experience. You know, take your chance or whatever. So that mm-hmm. part of the game, <laughs> right. I, I do kind of get it because I've had partners and I've had people that are wrestlers that – like are on steroids and stuff like that, and they get the rage. and And I've had to literally, you know, yeah. grab us. Hey, dude, pull it back, dude. You Gotta take it easy. Not even just with the women, but with the men. You potato somebody, they're not gonna let us come back. You know, you got, you got, you got to take it down a notch. So I kind of see, you know, wh- wh- where it is. I haven't seen it with women. I've seen it with men where I have to pull, you know, pull them back or whatever.
5: <laughs> but yeah. to me,
1: it just it it's it's. If you're out there, if you're a promoter or a worker or whatever, you, you can't do that, man, because that's what's going to happen. You're going to get that rep, and you're you, they'll blackball your ass in a minute. Like I say, hey, this guy doesn't know how to act in the locker room. I saw him yelling at, at women, whatever. You're done, and then that's it. So it's, it's a struggle enough to get to the top as it is. Why you'd want to bog yourself down with something like that, I have no idea. But real quick before we get out of here, um, you know, you've been. I gotta tell you, I not that I forgot about you, but um, I've been working with uh, some different promoters that have been trying to put some shows together. And the first thing they say is, "Hey, man, we could, you know, could, we would like to get a girls' match." And I'm like, "Well, I know Lady Cynthia, but I don't know if there's somebody she could work with." It. And then when when I said, "Oh, Candy Girl's gonna come across," I go, I "Completely forgot. We got to put her on a show." So. There is some (laughs) stuff that's in the future. So hopefully, we can get Tanya Go booked on this show. I've been working with the United Wrestling Council or whatever. So hopefully, you know, we can get her over there so you guys can see her. Uh, Hopefully, once this pandemic's over, Compton Mania amped up. Uh, What other companies have you you been working for? I know I I saw you at EWF. I think I just went to go see the show. What other companies have you been working for?
2: Yeah, I'm very lucky. I have got to to work with different shows, um, but EWF was where where I debuted, so it was it would always be um, my home. Yeah. Um, but I've I've been working a lot with UEW, and they've challenged me um, in a different way with different types of matches. I've had a body bag match. I've had a women's tournament. Um, also, Dungeon Championship Wrestling. Um, also Maverick Pro. Um, also amazing. So I've been I've been very lucky. I've been able to travel also to Mexico too. I uh-huh. think that's one of the, the the beautiful things that I've got really early on in my career. And I and I I, I know it's because of um, I was in good hands from from day one with Brian Kendrick. Yeah. So I'm just excited to to train uh, more and more places, um, you know, and to work in more and more places because the women's wrestling is is going is going up. but it, it needs to not be an exception. It needs to be the standard.
1: Yes, I I would agree with that. Well, we look forward to it. We look forward to checking out some of the shows for the people that are listeners. If you put um, do you do you want to put your your social social media and stuff out there because it's not under Candy Girl, it's under your real name. So I and you know even that so I'm sorry to expand on that. You know with mm-hmm. all this going on when I when I talked to Candy Girl and said hey I want to bring you on to co host or whatever and I did this with Taya Valkyrie too. I said hey you know if you give me your phone number we can call you and you'll be on there. I said but if you're uncomfortable. Please, just we can have you call in because, you know, you, as a woman, you might not want to give your number out because you don't know what the, just like this knucklehead that called while we're on the air. So you have to take precautions. Even we have to take precautions because we don't know because it's so – it's just dumb. I'm sorry to, for what it is or whatever. So it will not you give us your social media so that people can follow you, and then when you're booked on the shows, they, they can uh, see you at the shows, and we can get that place packed.
2: Yeah, and I appreciate the consideration because so many people, if you, they wonder why girls are so cautious, and they go, "Oh, she's stuck up or this." No, we, <laughs> we just have to do things differently. We're scared. <laughs>
6: right. Um, right. Okay, on
2: Twitter and Instagram, it's underscore the underscore candy girl. The
1: underscore
2: candy girl. Okay. So underscore underscore uh, the underscore candy girl. Hmm
1: candy girl. yeah you got it
5: after, you know,
1: <laughs> we're, we're we're live right now but after everything's done you know everything goes to the lucha central they uh clean it all up and everything and put it out it's on itunes it's on spotify it's on all that So kevin kleinrock works so hard to, to get everything out there he puts it out there and make sure that everybody gets to listen to it so it's good to have you on greg DeMarco. uh everything gets sent to him he helps clean it up like i I was telling earlier, I got completely cut off the air uh, on the last one. So he was able to help me out and clean that up for me. So I appreciate those guys. So for the awesome. people, listeners, don't forget, check out Candy Go. Hey, Amay, thank you for coming on. Um, I think you got something here. I think it, it went really well.
2: I think so, too. I've had a nice time. Thank you for thinking <laughs> to me. And I'm just excited to have more and more spotlight on on what we're trying to do here.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. So for the people listeners, don't forget, you can check us out every Tuesday live. And then after that, they clean everything up. Wednesday comes out on Spotify, iTunes, and all the major things that Lucha Central comes out to. A big thanks to Candy Girl for coming on. We'll see everybody right here next week on Tuesday. Hey, Candy Girl, appreciate you coming on. We'll see you soon, okay? Take care. All right.
6: seen and read by top executives in all of the major lucha libre promotions across the globe and on top of that it's free luchacentral.com your centralized place for all things lucha libre